Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. We continue going to a galaxy far, far away, though we're veering off the episodic path here in this episode. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Yeah, we are. We're actually uh, talking about a, a newer uh, of, of the movies that, that just came out in 2018. Um, but in terms of chronologically, it's happening after uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, which is which is really fun. So we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, the second in the um, anthropology series uh, that um, Star Wars tried to branch into right after Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and we'll get into a little bit of this with Rogue One, which will be our next one that we do. I remember being apprehensive of these anthology series. Did I call it anthropology? I did. (laughs) I called it anthropology. And you're right. I I didn't think that was right, but I went with it. It's anthology. Wow. Jeez. Anthropology. Isn't the anthropology the study of like civilizations or something? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I guess it kind of works. The study of of a civilization far, far away. Anyway, continue your thoughts. No worries. Um, (laughs) And I remember being apprehensive about it. Then, spoiler alert, I love Rogue One. Yeah. And so when this was announced, I was a little bit like, ooh, do I really need the Han Solo backstory? But because of the success of Rogue One, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a chance. And this is also one of the films that came out when both you and I were working at the Disney store. And I remember they promoted it pretty heavily in store. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I'm with you. When they first announced the anthology series, (laughs) um, I'm with you. There was a lot of skepticism myself. A lot of people were. Rogue One turned out to be this smash hit that everybody loved. Um, you know, it came the year after Force Awakens, and Force Awakens was great, but everyone basically when Rogue One came out, it was like, um, oh my god, that was the Force, that was the the sequel we should have gotten. But it, you know, it, it was it was great. It was a great movie, and we'll talk about that next time around. I think that one of the reasons why Solo got as much flack as it did is exactly what you just said. Everyone kind of went we don't need a backstory for Han Solo. Like it it was like, we don't need that. And then of course, no matter who you cast in that role, trying to make a, I'm trying, here's the best way I can put it. Ewan McGregor playing young Obi-Wan Kenobi makes sense because you have Alan Guinness who was old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor is young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly. You're you're casting somebody to play a character that isn't much younger than the character we all fell in love with. Like he was only 10 years his, 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 um, his, his, you know, to, to his junior, I think so I was trying to say 10 years, his junior in terms of where he was at and his age in solo. So you play that you, you cast this actor and, and it's such an iconic part for someone who's such close in age, everyone kind of goes, ah, that's just not going to work. And I think that's one of the things that suffered from, but I think that's also where I think that's such an unfair criticism because 
there's there there's nothing they can do now i mean you could argue okay then just don't make the movie but mm-hmm. let's say that the movie you know for whatever reason it has to be made you know um you know well i'm sure we'll get into this it, you know it maybe this is setting up something bigger and all this other stuff and so this movie has to be made there isn't an actor that you can put in that people are going to like unless you do the anti-aging technology on a really old Harrison Ford like they did with like a Samuel Jackson in Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. But I don't from what I gathered, Harrison Ford would not have been into that. And I'm not sure that I would have been into that well, either. But, but I think you're, there's one there's there's a flaw in your argument there, which in your hypothetical, which is the movie did not have to be made. So, I mean, you you just kind of got a point stop there. It did not have to be made. That said, to your point, if you can look past the fact that it's not uh, Harrison Ford in the role, it's Eldon Ironreich. I don't even know how to say his name correctly. Um, But when you look past the fact that it's not Harrison Ford, it's this other character or other actor playing the same character. And, and after we watching it today, I will say that he got a lot of his mannerisms down and he did a very good job. Well, Harrison and, praised him for the role. Like yeah. Harrison Ford said, you, he did a really nice job and th- that's saying something. Yeah. So you get, you look past the fact that it's not Harrison Ford, what you're left with after my rewatch. And I think this is going to surprise you. I actually, I wasn't hot on it before. I actually, it's a good movie. I mean, I, I have no other way to put it. It's, it's a good movie. Like, I, I don't know why I, I ranked it so low before. So low. Ha! Huh? Uh, zing. <laughs> zing. That was totally not intended, by the way. Um, I don't know why I rated it so low before, but looking at it now, I, I'm going to say this. It's better than Last Jedi in my book. Wow. Yeah, I and know that's high on Last Jedi. I am so. I am kind of high on Last Jedi. I, I I I just I enjoyed the movie today. Like it didn't lag, it didn't drag. I I enjoyed as I rewatched it. And I even sent you a text. I said in the original text, you know, if this wasn't a Star Wars movie, this would be a great movie, but now my belief is even as a Star Wars movie, it's a good movie. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Well, and and okay, so first of all, I'm exactly with you that I'm not going to say that this is the greatest Star Wars movie no. ever or even the greatest movie ever, but it is an enjoyable ride. And and here's the number one thing of of why I think so. Back in 2018, remember, we don't have Disney Plus uh Star Wars series out. So there's no Mandalorian that doesn't exist. Yep. Um pretty much all we have with movies is big galaxy altering stories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, episodes one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, and seven are big. Oh my gosh. We have to stop the empire. The and first eight, order and eight, eight had come is out, eight at, out at this point. Yeah, so Cause it went 15 was, was, was force awakens. Spring of 16 was rogue one. December of 17 was, um, last Jedi. Ah. And then spring of 18 was okay. solo. I stand and then correct. winter of 19 was 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 um Rise of Skywalker. So we had had two of the three sequel movies and again Last Jedi as I just said not exactly a fan favorite out there. I like it, but it's not exactly a fan favorite. And if you think about some of the commentary that was going on during this period, I think I I I think that maybe solo beyond its own criticisms of we didn't really necessarily want a solo movie 
I think it got wrapped up in some of the criticism of Last Jedi and people were so felt betrayed by Last Jedi. It might have. But anyway, back back to my back to my point of we this was the first movie that did not have galaxy altering stakes. Yeah. It yeah. was a underbelly of the galaxy crime syndicate uh, heist. Like it, it was a very unique Star Wars movie. And that's mm-hmm. what I appreciated about it when I watched it and then rewatched it. Now, in my rewatch, I'm going, OK, this is kind of like discount Mandalorian where Okay, man, the Mandalorian and his sidekick go and do crime stuff with these crime people, and then get betrayed by them at some point. Like it, 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 it's it, funny it, you it, say like, that, about Mandalorian. But in the time, it was like, wow, this is so new and fresh. Well, I think it's funny you say that because um, Rio, as I had to think, I had to look up who it was because I knew the voice. I'm like, oh, that's John Favreau. Yeah, exactly. I wonder. I wonder. Um, how much of his time voicing that character and knowing the plot of of um of solo and kind of being involved with that project helped steer him in the direction of the mandalorian because i do agree with you that it has in fact it's described uh, i'm going to read the actual description here it is described as an american space western film that is exactly what the Mandalorian is described as, as an, a space Western. So for you to pick up on those tropes, that's absolutely what you're, you're picking up on. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I think you're right. We didn't have Disney plus at this point. There was the, there was the cartoons, there was the animated movies or the animated shows, which at that point, the newer ones had not come out yet. It was just what was there. Um, and we had just come off the high of Rogue One. So I, I, it, it is interesting. And I think, honestly, I think the reason why it had the bad rap it did was a combination. It was a perfect storm. It was a perfect mm-hmm. storm of of people didn't really want a solo story. story. Um, it, the, the, the bad reviews of The Last Jedi. And then the third thing was the development hell that it was in with the directors getting fired midway through and, and Ron Howard having to pick it up and them having to recast um, Dryden and, you know, all all that stuff. I I just think that it it suffered from um, just a lot of bad press. So (laughs) I don't know if you saw this, it's actually gone down as like the fourth or fifth most expensive movie ever made, like $375 million to make this movie. Yeah, and from what I gather, it needed to make like five hundred million in order to break even, and it made like two or three something. It made like, it, it, it. Well, okay, maybe I was a little too much there. It was between two seventy five to three hundred million at budget. So I'm sorry, two seventy five, not three seventy five. But it only made three ninety three. Yeah. So and and the thing is, is when you have a movie that doesn't do well at the box office, that usually also translates to merchandise sales, not doing so well either. And I remember as I'm sure you do the just plethora of, of, of massive solo stuff that we had that just sat there, that just sat there. Remember those, those die cast figures we had that nobody wanted. We ended up marking them. I think 99 cents. The the Dorbs. Is that what they were? Oh my gosh. The Dorbs. Oh, okay. So with these things, just so everybody knows what they were, 
they're not Funkos. They were kind of a ripoff of Funko. They were about what three inches high, Matt. I'd yeah. say if yeah, that small. And they they went to have like these really like almost anime style faces, if you will, adorable faces. Essentially, yeah, that's basically what it was. And they had Solo, they had Chewie, they had Kira, they had you know Lando, you know, you name it. They were all there. They sat there. I would say, with the exception of anything, Kira. I think you think I, so. I remember her being a pretty popular character because remember this is also the time around Game of Thrones and its height of its popularity and um uh, the actress Clark, um she was very oh. very popular and I had a lot of people that came and was like I just love this actress so I'm uh, I'm buying this I I don't know Game of Thrones so yeah that okay uh, Amelia Clark is her yeah, name yeah gotcha okay but yeah those, so my point is the merchandise just sat there um you know. Again, and we're going to get into the fruits of the movie here in just a couple of minutes, but I think just generally speaking, it, it was doomed from the start and and the the fact that they had that much invested into it, they had to do what they could. But I think, honestly, Solo is one of the reasons why hashtag fire Kathleen Kennedy exists is that is kind of that that and Last Jedi that that year that kind of put a lot of sour taste in people's mouth um, with well, the hope that rise of Skywalker would be, um, a, you know, redeem it. Well, but there's kind of my point though of, okay, I I'm trying to figure out why this was bad. And yes, there's some, there's some things there, but I'm going to bring up your favorite people in the world. Casey, the star Wars fans. <laughs> I think they also oh, yeah. played a huge role in like, well, we don't want this. And, and it was, you have to go into these types of movies going, I, 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 am I'm, I'm neutral on this, mm-hmm. that, that, um, cause I've had it both ways where I go into a movie saying, I think this movie is going to be bad. And then even if it's a good movie, I just find all the flaws in it. And then I've also had the opposite where I go into a movie saying this movie is going to be awesome. And I just choose not to look at, the flaws and I was like, that's the best movie in the world. Yeah, I've been there. And so you have to like with this movie, I think so many people just walked into it with this movie's gonna be bad. And so then they came out saying this movie's gonna be bad and really didn't look at the good stuff in it. I I, th- I think honestly it, it suffered from too much Star Wars too fast. I, yeah. I, we, we I mean I really do. We went from this Nothing. Star Wars dry spell Really, the last Star Wars movie we had was was um, you know Revenge of the Sixth, Sixth uh, Revenge of the Sith, which I think was two thousand and six or five. So two thousand five. So we go ten years. No, it was it was sorry. It was earlier than that because I was it, in real? middle school. Um, I think it was two thousand two thousand five. Okay, so I said two thousand. So you're right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we go ten years without any Star Wars whatsoever, and then. Boom, here's Force Awakens. Boom, here's Rogue One. Boom, here's Last Jedi, which wasn't good in a lot of people's mind. Boom, here's Solo Star Wars Story with all the development issues. Kathleen Kennedy doesn't know what she's doing. All right, and then it's like they put the brakes. Because remember, there was that talk for a while. We're going to have an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. That was going to be one of the anthology things. And then they they said, all right, hold on. Bob Iger said, hold on. He even admitted it. Too much Star Wars, too fast. And then if you think about it, we go a whole year and a half before Rise of Skywalker. The the thing that we get in between there is um, uh, Galaxy's Edge. We get the yes. theme park. So that's the thing we get in between. But other than actual movies, we get nothing. And then, of course, Disney Plus launches with Mando the same year as, as um, 
uh, Rise of Skywalker. I honestly believe, going back to the com- or the, what we were talking about a moment ago, that the focus shifted from, you know, because we didn't have Disney Plus, um, we have to have all these galaxy-altering events, all these, all these, all these movies that seem to be epic and and have to be necessary. I think when they realized what they had with Disney Plus or what they could have with Disney Plus, they smartly made the decision bringing on John Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, you know, Kathleen's still there to say, all right, let's use this new medium we're going to have. And so they shifted these stories that are not galaxy altering into a much smaller type of vessel. And that is what Star Wars, I think that's why Star Wars fans have kind of settled down a little bit is because it's giving them exactly what they want. You got the bad batch, you got Mandalorian, you've got, um, the, the, the clone wars that, that, you know, the new season of the clone wars, you've got this, this new, um, uh, uh, Boba Fett series coming out this year. Right. So like, there's all these different things that are happening and it's, it's, it's telling the smaller stories, which is exactly what this movie, I think this movie kind of kicked that off. I, I agree. I think, cause I, I think if you were to tell, me now or even in 2018 we're gonna do a han solo prequel series i'm probably more on board with that maybe i'm wrong but i'm probably more like oh yeah you know what i could get into that like okay cool i think i think these this theatrical release is it just has to be so carefully You really have to be careful on what stories you do put in there, because at the time of Solo, they were also talking about a Boba Fett movie. And they were. That's not being talked about anymore. And they've now clearly transitioned into a Boba Fett TV series. And so which is funny because the the production value is not any different. I mean, it's not you're you have more. And I think this is what's nice about it is it's more content. Production value is the same it really is interesting to see what does Disney get out of it? Like what is, what is their profit out of that? I mean, cause you know, take the Mandalorian, how much money, how many millions of dollars have they put into both seasons of the Mandalorian and what's the profit value? The real test, excuse me, the real test will be, um, we're c- going to be coming up on kind of that three year period for Disney plus where a lot of those people bought into the three year subscription or whatever. Mm. The real test will be to see, what happens the thing that disney has done well is i think they do offer a month-to-month service for disney plus but they also have the discounted yearly subscription and so the thing that they've done well is they've roped a lot of people into the yearly cost so they're not getting the people who just buy it for one month and then turn it off and then turn it back on when the next thing comes out and they're kind of releasing stuff at different months too i mean if you think about the content that we've had in just the last seven months on Disney Plus, between Star Wars and Marvel, it's been extraordinary. Between uh, Mandalorian and then and then WandaVision and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Loki, you know, it's been pretty. You know, they're they're going to keep people roped no matter what. Well, and with the once a week episodes, you can't do the sign on for a week, binge exactly. it, and then cancel. You, if you want to keep watching the series, you got to stay on there. And You're in I it for say- at least at least two months because there's six to eight or six to ten six to ten episodes. You know, and I will say, I think Disney Plus has done a great job at. Yes, there's these big blockbuster type shows, but there's also some other really good content on there mm-hmm. that is not just a waste of it all. Because that's been my problem with things like Netflix or, or other stuff like that, where 
There's the big blockbuster show I want to watch. And then there's really nothing else. Netflix it's all- is tough. Netflix is, I'm telling you, I don't know why I keep it around anymore. I, I try, I'll put it on and I'll sit there and cycle for 20 minutes and go, there's nothing here. And all their original content, I have no interest in whatsoever. And it's all kind of like C plus B yeah. minus content from yeah. like, it, it's not, it's not good. And then it's Hulu, just- Hulu on the other hand, has got a lot of the classics, the things that I would watch as my childhood. So, and it, plus you can bundle it. I've got it bundled with my Disney yeah. plus. So I just, I don't know. I just Netflix. It's tough. We're, you're right. Disney plus it's become a staple for parents. Like overnight, it became a staple for parents. Um, I, I was talking with where I work at. Um, they're talking about potentially canceling cable at one of our showrooms and just installing Disney Plus and having that run all day. Like, Why wouldn't you? Total smart. 70, 70 bucks for a year? Yeah. I mean, and, it's, yeah. And you just play the most popular shows and like I'm thinking or about movies getting, or whatever. I'm, I'm probably going to get that for my residence at, yeah. um, at my senior living home. Like, Oh, they'd love that. Oh my gosh. Like uh, here, we're going to do in the Imagineering story. We're going to watch through that. You don't think they'd love that. I think they would. Um, anyway. Um, uh, so with solo who, uh, favorite characters, favorite parts. Uh, oh what? my goodness. This, yeah, this is, this is, I guess we should start talking about the movie. We're 21 yeah. minutes into this. Huh? Let me bring my notes out here. Um, so uh, here's the thing. As I look through my notes, I know it's going to sound weird. I don't have a lot of negative anything. Like everything I wrote down was was positive. Um, so just kind of going through a couple of things here. I think the way that they introduced Chewbacca is awesome. I love the way they introduced Chewbacca, you know, feed him to the beast. And, you know, obviously the second time around you realize it's Chewie, but the first time around, you don't, you're not even thinking, you know, Chewie's going to come up. You don't realize that that's like, it's just fun how, how it comes up. And it's also fun. I think to watch their relationship, their friendship blossom over the course of the movie. Um, you know, when it really gets cemented, when, when Solo kind of gives him the, the stick to go free the other Wookiees on, on Kessel, um, I, I, you know, that's kind of when the true friendship blossoms and they kind of decide to stick by one another. I just, I really love the way that they introduced Chewie in this. And I think it was great to see that. In fact, just Chewie, all the elements that of things that we know about Solo, we do a really good, they do a really good job at kind of alluding to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the biggest one that I liked in this is that, you know, at the end, he gives up the coaxium to the rebels. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is it kind of uh, like sows the seed of he's really a good guy at heart. Yes, he's a scoundrel that's doing all this smuggling and other stuff, but he it, it makes his whole like joining the rebellion in episodes four five six and being an important important person in the rebellion not so far-fetched absolutely because because so it's not like this story where he's the scoundrel and he's just cheating everybody and and it it, like you see at the end like he's like no 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 i'm i'm like he's a good person yeah Um, and you you see some of the the character traits develop i mean the, the whole scene where he, he shoots Beckett first. I mean, that is totally an allusion to the whole Han shot first. I mean, it absolutely is. And, and gives credence to that, right. Despite what Lucas wanted out of the, the revision with Greedo. But um, by the way, I, it was just rewatching how, how cool it, I don't know if you picked up on it, but Infus is, is Carly from yeah. Wanda. Holy smokes. Like I, I was like, it's Carly. Like I, I, I was cracking up. And I think, I think that maybe is one of the reasons why 
I probably felt more sympathetic to her and, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier is because somehow subconsciously I realized because she basically played this. <laughs> she played the same part in, the, in, oh, in yeah. that and this. The only difference in this one, she ends up kind of basically being good throughout. And she's, yeah. and I think it's really cool how this we actually are witnessing the start of the rebellion. I think that is kind of cool, too. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. So I I very much enjoy um uh Lando um Lando's uh portrayal. Yep. Um I am really good. Donald Glover was great. Donald Glover, I'm like, I am I am totally blanking on the actor's (laughs) name. I know that like um yeah. I I think he plays the whole like suave, Mm -hmm. uh charismatic, I like just knocked it out of the park. Um, I also very much enjoyed Paul Bettany as me too. I, I don't know how I didn't realize. I don't know how I didn't realize. I'm trying. Okay, so 2018, that would have been. Well, Solo would have came out basically around the same time as, as Infinity Wars, right? That would have been the same year. Yeah, he's been in the he would he would have been in the MCU for years. Yeah, I just I don't know how I didn't make that connection that it was the same actor. I don't know. I'm I'm really bad about that. But I'm watching it, I'm going, that's Paul Bettany. Oh my God, that's Vision. What's Vision doing in there? Now, did you know that he was not originally supposed to play the part? I did know that, which yep. it honestly makes it even more impressive that he does so well. Yep. So uh, originally it was supposed to be uh, Michael K. Williams, but he was removed from the final film after being unable to return to set during the film's reshoot. Um, originally, the character was supposed to be a motion capture alien, which just was described by Williams as a half mountain lion, half human. I mean... I- that sounds kind of cool, but I, I, he plays the part so well. I, 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 I just, he's got, again, he's got that kind of like mob boss, like sixties mob boss, James Bond villain vibe. And, yeah. And basically he'd be running your museum right about now uh, and discontinued <laughs> on display. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think overall, there's there there's not too many characters. I have one, but there's not too many characters that fall real flat for me. Hmm. Like, I'm curious who your one is. Beckett is the one that I just really. I, yeah. So it it very much feels like they just said, hey, Woody Harrelson, just be Woody Harrelson for a while. Interesting. And, and then the end where he betrays them to Voss, but then in like two minutes decides to betray Voss. I'm like, wait a minute. So you decide to betray them, but then immediately not betray. Like this, this seems too wishy-washy. Hmm. See, I didn't get that. I, I liked his portrayal. I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a big Woody Harrelson fan. I've never been a Woody Harrelson fan, but I, I do feel that he, he, he plays a good mentor to solo. I think he plays the part. Well, even, even the double cross, like the double, double cross at the end, I think is well done. Cause he is, he's in it for himself. The, the, you kind of get the, I, the warning to Han, you know, don't trust anybody. I remember the first time I watched it, didn't, didn't realize it. Second time it's, it's like, how did I not realize that he's, you know, he's going to double cross him at some point, but I, I, I liked his part and, and, but okay, this leads me to a point I wanted to make, which is the one thing about the anthology series uh, <laughs> that it happened in rogue one. And it happens here is that you get invested with Rogue One, you get invested with all the main characters, but 
they're gone at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. They're gone. They, they die. Like they <laughs> totally gone. Like they, they blow up with, 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 uh, with the planet. Um, here you get invested in a lot of the side characters to never be seen again. The only ones you really see are again, solo and, 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 um, Chewbacca moving forward, everybody else, even Kira, her story, like, it feels like it picks up, but you don't really see her again unless you're involved in like the the tiny minutia of like the animated series and and some of that stuff. And and again, for the general lay star person, like Star Wars person like me, I never see her again. I'd like to know more about what happened to her and how she runs Crimson Dawn and her connections with with Darth Maul and everything. Um, but you know, you get invested in these characters and again you never hear i think the thing is it's not that so much you don't even hear from them it's that like in the main storyline they're never referenced because obviously it's a retcon right but i think this was not you were supposed to get a fuller story because if you read both both actors were signed on to play han solo and kiera for i think two more movies really and uh, yeah like so they were banking on this blowing Mm. up and then there was going to be, okay, the next movie, from what I gather, was going to be, okay, now he meets Jabba. And, oh. and now he starts working for Jabba. And, and Kiera now runs Crimson Dawn. It, it, like, they were kind of, like, moving towards that. Because this was, then, this was 10 years before A New Hope. Yeah. So they were going to try to fill in that that time period is what they so were then at. when it flops they go oh so if they were gotcha. to say solo two we all would have everyone would have been like no it'd be interesting <laughs> if they are if they tried to pull like a, a solo series like a tv series at this point that it seems that could like be interesting they have introduced kira now and in, in there's a comic book that just came out and she just made an appearance in it mm, mm. and so they seem to be trying to continue that story there which i wonder if they would i wonder if they would continue it Given that, and I know I, I did a little bit of research, you should be proud of me. Uh, given that Kira is so t- uh, closely tied to Maul, and Maul is basically like the polar opposite of Obi Wan Kenobi until finally, you know, he's killed by Obi Wan. It would seem to me that maybe in this upcoming um, mm. um, origin, or I don't say origin, but you know, like story for for Obi Wan. Maybe we could see some of that. Maybe we get some more interactions with Crimson Dawn and Kira makes an appearance there. Um, Cause like, it's like solo. I don't necessarily need to know more. I like, I know where his story goes. Like we literally know where he goes through right now to his death. Right. We understand yeah. all of this Kira though. She's kind of an interesting character and I'd like to learn more about her. Well, and I think and, that's what you're right. Like there's so many side characters and then I'm like, yeah, I'd like to, See more of that. And she's she's the big one. So I want to have a conversation about droids for a second, because L3 is an interesting droid. Um, it's correct me if I'm wrong, at least on the big screen, it's the only female droid we've seen. I mean, uh, sorry, I, I, sorry, that was a, I, I realized I'm on a podcast and I can't pause for 10 seconds. To <laughs> he's really looking, think. he's looking like, like he's thinking, <laughs> but okay. So let's just kind of run through. You got R2D2, you got C3PO, you got K2SO, you got BB8, you got the, the, the black, um, the black one that looks evil like BB8. BB-8. Yeah. Evil BB8. <laughs> um, you've got, um, uh, oh, you've got um, uh, uh, the D- DDO D- or whatever. Oh, for, yeah, 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 DO, yeah, DO. Um, from from the sequel from the sequel series. I don't think there's been a female quote unquote female droid other than L three. 
not like that, that's not a main character. Yeah, that's not a main character. I'm I'm sure I'm. I mean, there's like, like there's, the hospital droids that that yeah that deliver the babies, and I think the ones that take care of Vader and everything. That's an interesting dynamic. I also love the play on the you know equality and all that stuff. I thought that was really well done. It was interesting to see the way that she gets kind of killed midway through. And I say killed, destroyed. Okay. But then how her her programming ends up becoming the programming of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Kind of an interesting retcon there, but it works when you think about I, yeah, it. Yeah, I, I thought that worked really well. That, yeah. it, you know, this is a the the opening line of Luke when he sees the Millennium Falcon is what a piece of junk. And kind of, to me, that always implied like this ship really shouldn't, be as good as it is but because of the pilot and because of the programming of it it is and i thought i I thought that worked really really well Mm -hmm. i agree and and again i say retcon because there's a part in the original series where when i think r2 is trying to access the programming you know, he basically says there's some, it's, you know, it's some kind of programming link or maybe you see three people. There's kind of a programming language I don't understand. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's L3. So I thought L3 was really well done. I thought that was a well done character and I enjoyed that. Um, I also think it's fun to talk about, like, again, we talked about the different reference points for solo, but like the way that they did some of the, the key points of solo's life, the Kessel run, and the winning of the Millennium Falcon and Sabacc. Those two things were done, they were done justice in my mind. I think the Kessel Run is one of the, you know, I know a lot of people talked about the the, the, the cargo train scene and, and how awesome that was. Personally, I thought the Kessel Run scene, that whole sequence, that was, in my opinion, the best scene in the movie. I absolutely loved the way they get, you see the Star Destroyer, Destroyer being a blockade to them, and they end up going through the, the Maelstrom, and they encounter that creature, which is reminiscent of the first, you know, the first movie, I think, uh, where they encounter the the moon creature that, that they get swallowed up by or almost yeah, get yeah. swallowed up by, you know? Like, but, that's kind of cool. Uh, have you seen the, the Family Guy cutaway? Yes. Where where it's Peter as Han Solo and he rolls up and, hey, hey, girls, want to make the Kessel Run? Sure, but we only have 12 parsecs. Ha ha, hop in. <laughs> <laughs> I love, just as a side note, the whole Family Guy Star Wars parody oh, is it's, awesome. They do a great job with it. Sorry. So, yeah, so I, I totally agree. Great scene. Uh, you, were, you were continuing on with the point. Please but, continue. No, so I was just saying, so it's, it's fun how it's reminiscent to the original series. And then, of course, you get to the Sabacc scene. And they trick you the yes. first box yes. scene and, and you're like, wait, I thought he won this. Like I thought he was supposed to have won millennium Falcon. And then it's not until the end that he, he, you know, he knows Lando cheated and, and the way um, Alden kind of plays that part of showing back up and kind of starts screaming at him and, you know, Hey man, you know, you, you really screwed us back there. It's how solo or how Harrison Ford played solo in, in episode five and six. Like I, I just, I don't know. It, it, um, they did a really good job and I, I really am disappointed that more people don't enjoy this movie. This is one of the Star Wars movies that I think, at first, I, I I never thought I would watch again, but now that I've watched it, I, I think I could. It's it's very like heisty. It's it's Italian job. It's Ocean's Eleven to me, and with the twist of Star Wars in there, you know. Yeah, it's it's something different 
that it that when you're not when you're in the mood for Star Wars, but not in the mood for again one of those galaxy altering yeah. events, uh, it it to me it it feels like something I would I would turn on. Now I think with Disney Plus series, now would I go okay. I'll just turn on Mandalorian if I want something like that. But I don't know. I'm like, it's, it's enjoyable. And, and, and I think part of it is we come in. Oh, here's a perfect example of this. I remember going to see Pirates of the Caribbean five in theaters mm-hmm. and I had a great time. Yeah. Was it a good movie? Not really, but it was fun. I had a great time. I, I walked in, I paid, I was on a, went on a Tuesday. So I paid $5, sat down in the seat, was entertained for two hours and left and went, that was very entertaining. I, I love that. And mm-hmm. and ultimately that isn't that what we want out of a movie? Yeah. To go it in always have to be these high stakes. Like I think that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to Black Widow is it's it's set in the past and it's not a high stakes thing. It's just we're gonna go enjoy a movie. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I I'm sure there's obviously gonna be broader connections to some other stuff. I get that. But it's not a high stakes like Infinity War, Endgame, the whole universe is crashing down on you kind of movie, you know? Exactly, Um, exactly. And as far as your comment about, you know, maybe I would watch The Mandalorian now if I'm in the mood for Star Wars. I don't know. I mean, Mandalorian's got two seasons. You can't just pick up. Like, there might be a couple of episodes where you could just pick up and watch an episode. Like, that one, again, we're in the the, the prison. That's absolutely one you could watch. But they're so tied together in a lot of ways. It's hard to watch one and not want to watch them all where this one, like straight up, I could just put this one in and just go to town with it. You know, yeah. like same with, with rogue one, it's kind of a self-contained plot, even though it's connected to the broader universe, it's a self-contained plot. Yeah. I feel like this also was in a time and this is like, it's hilarious. This is like two to three years ago, but Two to three years ago, we were very much into this whole like prequel thing. Like, I feel like we were talking a lot about prequel, prequel, prequel. And I think they transitioned all of a sudden now into an extending of the story. So like our Ahsoka series is extending Ahsoka's story. And uh, the Mandalorian is extending past episode six. Like uh, maybe you could argue, oh, no, it's going before episode seven. But I, I, I feel like we're less into this like prequel thing. And this is where I'm actually interested to see where they go with the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Do they go before he takes uh, takes, you know, the place in Jabba's palace and see how we got to that point? Or is the starting point he sits down there and we see what happens after that? I think that's going to be really telling on what they do. Or they could do both. I mean, it could end up being it could be a situation where you could see they could pull a once upon a time where stuff that's happening now could also be affected by stuff that happened before kind of thing, too. I think I think prequels. I think you're right. I think for a long time, the general lay audience for any of these movies or or content or IP, whatever you want to call it had a very linear path. It was, you got your first initial run of the story. And then for a long time, the sequel was what came. Then this idea of the prequel kind of came out and that kind of was where Hollywood was at prequel, you know, happens before what you originally saw sequels, what happened after it was very linear, but now there are some properties that have been with us for so long. And 
you guys can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to turn my hands like this because the plane starts to do this. So it's not just about what happened before or after, it's what happens side to side with some of the other stuff because characters develop their own, um, the side characters develop their own personalities. I'm going to use an example of Disney here for a moment. Toy Story has been this very linear thing. Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4. Yet, what did Disney Plus do? It gave Forky its own series. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but Ask Forky a Question became its own series. So, like, I think there are very few properties that can do that. But Star Wars, because of how massive and immersive it is, it absolutely can do it. And, and it's... It, it, it's also it's also merged into the real world. Did you catch the Black Spire um, the Black Spire uh, reference? I did not. Yes, there is a point in there where I believe it's Kira who says it, um, who says something about saying "Catch me at Black Spire." This happened to be a year before Black Spire, or uh, yeah, a year before Black Spire up outpost opened in Disney World. So it was, and it was purposely placed. It was just a throwaway comment, but it added it to the universe. And so suddenly this place that we in reality can go to now, we become part of the story. And I I think that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is really neat. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of people for Galaxy's Edge were saying, why didn't they just do Tatooine? Why didn't they do Hoth? Why didn't they do uh, Coruscant? Something that we already knew. And I think this was why is that, they can it becomes its own unique thing that you can reference wherever i'll be honest i'll bet at some point batu will be some place where somebody ends up oh absolutely in a movie or a show oh absolutely i mean they've got comics built around it already oh yeah i think dark horse has produced comics or maybe it's marvel i don't know um uh, that they've got comics built around it already they've got a whole mythos around it black spire outpost is supposed to be like the modern day version of this place that people trade have traded at for years and years and years well the fact that it's even mentioned in the canon of star wars and again this was supposed to have taken place how many years ago um you know it just goes i guarantee you but two will be a place at some at some point in a well it's mentioned um mando mentions batu Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was season one. It got mentioned. Yeah. So it's already in the canon, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, really listeners, you may be screaming at the radio or however your phone or however you're listening to this right now. Like, what are you talking about? Rewatch. If you have not watched solo in a while, rewatch it. Yeah. And if, if you're very much in the camp of, well, I just can't get over that, that, that actor that plays, uh, Han Solo, like put that aside. Like if that's the, your main beef, try your best to put that aside because there's some really great performances by the entire cast, including that, in, including that actor. Yep. And the story is fun. The, the villain I think is compelling. It, 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 it's got all the makings of a really good movie. And I think just too many people go into it with this sucks and then don't, uh, don't give it a chance. Yeah. You gotta, I, I think what helped me is that I am three years removed from the politics of it, from the, from the online commentary of it. And I just went into it just, expecting it to to talk about it and i was pleasantly surprised am i saying it's the best star wars movie out there absolutely not 
I would put this. I say, where do you rank it? That was going to be my question. So so of the 11 movies that have been produced, um, and really, if I, if I actually say 12 movies, because I count Mandalorian as a movie, like in and of itself, both seasons is a movie to me. I know that sounds crazy, but if you really say of the 12 movies that have been produced, including Mandalorian, um, I would put Solo middle of the pack. I I would put it at six-ish. Yeah, I'd have to think through like what my one, two, three, four, five, maybe six or seven. Um, it's not horrible. It's it, it's not my bottom one. It's not the best one. But again, it's one that I'm willing to sit down with and, and enjoy a drink and just have a good two and a half hours. This is what a very this is a very agreeable episode because uh, you're gonna listeners are gonna be hearing this broken record. I agree. It's six or seven. Uh, you know, by no means my absolute favorite, but. Um, you know, again, I'd have to like really look at all the Star Wars and think about it, but by no means the worst. I mean, I would put this on before uh, episode one easily. Like if, if yeah, I would too. And I would, I would put this on before Last Jedi. I would put this on before Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, I would, I would put this on. Yeah, I, I yeah, I before Clone War, uh, Attack of the Clones for sure. Um. Yeah, I I think that yeah. So middle of the pack for me, yeah, because yeah. it's it's just it's just a fun heist movie, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to add to, I think it's really fun seeing the start of the Empire here because th- this is only five. Well, the, I, the scene before before they jump ahead three years, I want to say is five or six years after the Empire after everything had happened in Revenge of the Sith, right? Because I I did the math and Solo. Han is is like 29 30 years old in a new hope. He's like 10 years Luke senior. So so in this, so in this he's about 16 when he joins the Imperial army and 19 with the events of the rest of the movie, right? So that said, this is about I want to say 6 or so years after the events of um uh Revenge of the Sith. It's interesting to watch how even the empire with, you know, everything they've got, um, you know, uh, they've got the death star, they've got, you know, all this stuff. They've still got to have some of the, the rhetoric. They still got to have the, the PR campaign. They still got to have, you know, some of the propaganda out there, you know, and it's interesting to watch, like they're trying to convince the masses to commit these atrocities. And I, it's really cool to watch solos kind of, his personality come through and you know when the one when the general or the captain goes um or lieutenant goes you know our goal is to eliminate the hostiles and he's like it's our planet we're the hostiles like that to me is kind of cool to watch the politics of that this is something that i'm enjoying about the bad batch yeah is that episode one order 66 happens oh and so you're look you get to see what the clones are going through and you get to see the literal transition of power to the empire that how they're trying to convince the places like, listen, this is peace. You fought this clone wars for so long. This is peace. And because the clones fought for the Republic, the people that were a part of the Republic are like, yeah, no, the clones can be trusted. We fought with them. They saved us. We can trust them. And then there's the the small reveal that's like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. No, it no, it's not. And 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 that's been the most fascinating part of that series. It is the literal birth of the empire, and you get to see kind of how they're 
starting to do the, you know, put in certain policies and procedures and how this works. So that's what I've enjoyed the most about the Bad Batch. So it, let me ask this about the Bad Batch. If it's something, do you think I could enjoy it without have not watched any of the other animated stuff? I believe so. Hmm. Um, um, you, just I believe, my, you just piqued my interest with that. Like, that could, sounds interesting to me. And here's the other thing you could do. The Bad Batch get introduced at the in the last season of The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably, in my mind, pick up the last season of The Clone Wars, get the introduction of The Bad Batch, get to the end of Order 66, and then pick right up The Bad Batch. And okay. um, it, 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 it really dives into... To, to a lot of that. And, and that, that have I convinced Casey to watch a star Wars? Cartoon? I, don't, I don't know. I just, what you just did was, it, it, it was, I don't know. I'm that I'm, I'm very interested. I mean, you know, especially the world that we live in right now, it's interesting to watch the dynamics at play of, of how populations and civilizations and societies are convinced to commit atrocities and go along with horrible things. You know, again, I've said on this podcast several times, I'm, you know, the other, the other huge hobby I have is, is politics. And, you know, I study a lot of surveys and polls and things. And, you know, a survey came out recently that said like 66% of the, uh, one of the major parties in the country, the Republican party believed that the election of 2020 was stolen. And in my mind, I, how, how can reasonable people of any party believe something when there's so much evidence that says something else. And so I just, I equate that in my mind, like this is a similar situation. How can a empire, you know, convince a populations of citizens from all across the country or all across the universe in this case, um, to believe one thing or another, you know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. know. It, it definitely sounds interesting. So yeah, yeah. Um, you might, you might find some interest there. So yeah. So anyway, uh, I gotta say, I listened to the, uh, Mick pizza episode, uh, today. So I've got to say, I am the emperor of the galaxy where the grandfather and the father who own this museum and the supervillain. <laughs> so I am the emperor of the galaxy. So I am the one who um, is in charge or something like that. I don't know how that goes, but uh, <laughs> you've, you've entered into the canon of discontinued on display. If you have no idea what Casey and I are talking about, go ahead and hop over to discontinued on display. Hilarious. Um, uh, Chris and I just had a very hilarious episode that, uh, yes. Talking about the McPizza. I haven't and- gotten all the way through it yet, but I mean, I, I'm dying laughing. But he goes, bup, bup, bup. He goes, oh, I should stop that. We're going to get sued. <laughs> because he's trying to sing the, the McDonald's theme song. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah, it's good, yeah. So. yeah, no, I appreciate the <laughs> shout out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're going to hear me talk about it a lot that um, it, it's been so fun to do that second podcast because it, it's different than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I love doing this podcast. Disney is clearly a passion of mine, but it's been it's been really fun to to like discover new stories that I had no idea of, like behind the scenes stuff that go on with products and marketing. And well, you've had some good episodes too. I mean, you've had some stuff that I didn't know about at all. But you've you've had other stuff that I'm like I like the mixed salad shaker was one of my favorite episodes because I remember that and I ate it and it was good and to this day I think I said this on the podcast when you had it to this day when I buy a salad from a restaurant you know and it's a to go container even if it's not in one of those cups if it's a bowl it's got a lid I'll put my dressing on cover it back up and shake it because that's what the mixed salad shaker taught me to do. 
I know it's hilarious. I, yeah. I, I it just yeah. it's funny. So, um, as far as uh, as far as we go, our next episode is Black Widow, I believe. Yeah. So at the time of recording this episode, we have not seen Black yes. Widow. Today is Saturday the tenth. This will, I think, this episode, I think, uh, releases. Uh, the 20th. Yeah. So the 20th is when this one will release. Uh, so the, the next episode will release on the 27th. We're going to see black widow on Tuesday, the 13th, um, together live in person, along with your brother-in-law. Yeah. And, and, um, we'll probably maybe even do a, an on the spot. Maybe we can do a, a couple, like our thoughts beforehand while we're waiting for it to start. Um, and we'll record our reactions after, um, like brief reactions after because you you like to process for a little bit, but oh, I yeah, think, I think it'll be fun to capture our initial reactions, um, and then we'll have the full on report on the the the, the, the episode. Yeah, and I th- want to say it starts a run of like n- brand new content. I want to say our calendar has Loki soon after that, if not yeah. the very next week. Oh, why do I pull it up? Let's see here. <laughs> um, and then Luca, we're doing. I know, I and watch that, yeah. um. Uh, I have it pulled up as well. Um, another Diz games coming in. Um, uh, uh, another top ten for you. Yes, and we then... got. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah, we actually have Black Widow supposed to release. Yeah, that's funny. But anyway, yeah, Solo, then Black Widow, then Loki, which wraps up next week. Which, oh my God, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, that's right. We have Raya in there. Luca, Diz Games Listener Challenge Top Ten Resorts at Walt Disney World. Um, listener question and answer show. That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, we're, doing that, a, we're, we're doing a mailbag. That's right. Um, yeah, that's uh, on Labor Day weekend, actually. So. Oh, nice. Uh, we'll, yeah, get more, we'll get more details out to you then of how, but uh, start thinking of questions for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, make them difficult. Awesome. All right. It is closing time. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can do so by finding us on Facebook at Beers and Ears Podcast on Twitter and Instagram at beers ears 1928 and also email us at beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for those of you who have subscribed, who are rating and reviewing us. We, you know, we really appreciate you. We love you. Um, we do this not only for us, but we do it for you too. And we, and we love uh, making your day. So uh, Matt, it's uh, let's go ahead and raise our glasses, raise that glass. This episode has been on us. And we will see you next time. Have a great rest of your night. Talk to you again real soon.